You are listening to the weekly podcast of Life Change Christian Church. We pray you enjoy today's message. once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him stripped him and beat him leaving him half dead it so happened that a priest was going down the road but when he saw the man he walked on by the other side In the same way, a Levite also came there, went over and looked at the man, and then walked on by the other side. But a Samaritan who was traveling that way came upon the man. A Samaritan who you would least likely think would stop. A Samaritan who did not have a title, but was only identified by his ethnicity, identified by what was a disqualifier, identified by what he was marginalized with, identified with how one would think. But this man who you at least expect based on labels, based on titles, based on bias, based on prejudice, based on even discrimination, stopped. Maybe because he could identify. Maybe because he wished somebody would have done it for him. Maybe because he saw how society, how culture, how the church because mind you the two that walked past were part of an institution that was looked at as being religious who you would have thought to be the one but didn't what do you do when you would think that the church should be and ought to be but you only find that they're coming up short that they're not what you was told or what maybe they told you. But this man saw him and his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged him. He didn't judge him based on his wounds. He didn't label him based on his wounds. He didn't even ask how 
did this happen for you to have the type of wounds that you have? He didn't ask where did he come from? He didn't ask how did he get there? He didn't ask what did he do? He didn't ask what neighborhood or what economic situation or what grave or what homeless situation or what economic system or what school system or what family system or what was his sexuality or what was his gender he did not ask any of that he saw his wounds and bandaged them and then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. My question today is, why are we trying to have so many leaders but so few servants? These two people, the priest and the Levites, titles had titles they were in positions of leadership in the church i'm struggling because in our world in our church is today we see so many people trying to be leaders but no emphasis on being servants oh everybody wants the platform, everybody wants the mic, everybody wants the stage, everybody wants the lights, everybody wants the title, for there are so many titles in our church world today. We done went from minister, or let me even back up, deacon, to minister, to minister, to pastor, from pastor, to bishop, to bishop, to Archbishop, how far are we going where folks are trying to get identified based on a title, but so few servants? Could it potentially be that our church is in a crisis? Our church has lost its mission, its vision, because we're so enthralled with who has a title versus who can be a servant. These two people had titles, priest, Levite, was a part of a church. But as I listened to a seer, listened to the prolific sermon from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he spoke of this passage and he stated, he said, I have a question of this text. I have a question to ask. The first question would be with the priest and the Levite, which the priest and Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what would happen to me? But Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, the good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop, to help this man, what will happen to him? 
meaning himself. The church that's in crisis, lost its mission, lost its vision, coming in and it's become a social club, coming in and having all these legalist, legalism happening, coming in with all of these mandates, coming in with titles, coming in and folks experiencing church hurt, coming in and looking for God, but only to find man-made stuff. Could the church possibly be in a crisis because we're more concerned about how does the church benefit? What do I get out of the church? How does it benefit me? Versus how do I come to the church and serve the need of the church? Let me say to you, woe unto a church that everything is bless you woe unto a church that if everything is about you getting blessed you and your haters you and your 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 gospels you against the world you and five ways to get this 20 ways to get that mandates that are not biblical woe unto the church where you're talking about what is it what's in it for people versus what does one come with to serve another i i often scroll through virtue social medias and looking at what is it the church is promoting what is it that the churches are doing and i am shocked that the church says more about what God doesn't say and less about what God does say. Emphasizes more on prosperity versus those, how to serve those who are in need and in crisis in our world. Dealing with poverty, dealing with issues that everyone is dealing with, but we come into the church and nobody is talking about. We talk about the blessings of God. We come in with the bling. We come in looking dressed up. But what about the one who has sunglasses and afraid to take the glasses off because there's makeup that's covering the bruises that is going on in their home or in their marriage? What about the one, as I put on my post, who has a hat on and will tell him, take your hat off? Not realizing that they're hiding due to what chemotherapy has done to their hair loss. We'll look at somebody coming in with less than what we may feel we have to be dressed up in bow tie and vest and suits. Maybe they may smell a little. Maybe some things just hygienically might not be all together. However, we'll judge and all they're trying to do is just to come in to feel a sense of love, to get a sense of God's presence, to feel at least to know that somebody cares. Everybody in the church talks about leadership, talks about success. Master classes now we're having in churches to be a master. 
How about to be a servant? How about servant classes? Has the church brought into a culture, a westernized culture, y'all can comment, give me some feedback. Come on, talk to me. Has the church brought into a westernized thinking that it's all about me, it's all about me getting blessed, it's all about me getting healed, it's all about me getting what I need, get my little dose for the day so I can make it the next week. The prayer of Jabez, bless me, Lord, and enlarge my territory. Oh, I know I'm stepping on somebody's feet. I don't care. For a world is dying in the church. Its mission, its vision is being twatted and being restructured. That folks are losing hope even within what the church ought to be. Let me help somebody. The significance of the church is not to try to have a pulpit ministry. If that's what you think the church is about, it isn't. The church, Christianity, is not about shop around church until i feel comfortable shop around church until i feel like the message is only 20 minutes or the service is only uh, timed where i could get back home to the football game that's coming uh, you know the church is not or should i say it's not about how comfortable and, and do they have a great children's ministry and a great choir and do they ask for my money or not at, does the church make me feel better? Does it make me have a title and feel significant that I'm called by deacon and prophetess and we have so many prophets in our culture today where the world is being deceived and deception is running rapid that it, 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 it has me put up some red flags that there's so many desiring to prophesy versus serve. Nowhere does Jesus say, I've come for you to prophesy as much as he speaks of for those who want to be great in the kingdom has to be a servant. He didn't say to prophesy. I don't want to hear your prophecy and hope I heard you, Holy Spirit, for most prophets would hate to prophesy because literally when they prophesied they knew that their life would be on the line because it would go counter government it would go counter what the culture says it would go counter where they would not be uh uh highlighted in praise but literally they would feel like the scum of the earth that is a true prophet Back in biblical times, prophets did not want to. Not because of God, but because of their life could be put on the line because it went against systems. How many prophets are prophesying against poverty, against uh, low wages, against uh, 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 things that are done unjustly, that you can find yourself in courts and in, in, in systems 
where church is not. <laughs> Woe unto those who prophesy talking about you and getting blessed and you getting all these things and your haters. That ain't prophecy. That's fortune telling. I said it. A prophet will go into places that people do not want to hear. Not churches, places, systems to speak to unjust, unjust laws, to deal with things that have been unjustly done to people who are hurting and who are dying because of policies and things that are in place that will stand in a neighborhood where there's gun violence and prophesy, speak, Thus saith the Lord and bring a calmness to demonic activity that may be going on. Oh, come on, somebody. The church has to be corrected. Folks are enjoying being on social media platforms, seeing how many likes, how many hits, how much sensation sensationalism they can give to be recognized but how many are out dealing with a hundred and forty million people who are living beneath livable wages who are struggling trying to pay their rent working two and three jobs with leaving their children at home unattended leaving not able to care for their children prophesy that of what God is doing and how he could help What's the solution? What's the answers? What's the cause? Pray for that versus Lord bless me and praying for my well-being. There are 800 people a day that are dying post pre-COVID more even now. Who's at the hospital laying hands on the sick? Who is challenging our laws that will have our elderly after so many visits for them to say your insurance doesn't cover that and now they have no medicine and no adequate health care to help the widow the orphans there are millions of children who have lost their parents due to covid what church what prophet what title is dealing with the one who has been left half dead? For many are trying to be leaders, but few are trying to be servants. I don't see nowhere in the Bible where these people served in a church. Help me somebody, come on, talk back, correct me if I'm wrong theologically. When did David <laughs> serve, lead in a church? David served on a field, in a field, knocking giants down. Moses was on a mount and saw a burning bush. And God spoke, not in a church, but in a field on a mount through a bush. 
and told Moses to tell Pharaoh a system to let people go. And over a million people was set free. Not in a church, not in four walls, not with people socializing just to feel good. Matter of fact, there was some folks that took beef with Moses because they he took them out of their comfort zone. I'm here to tell somebody, stop staying stuck with what you've been so used to. God is moving. And he's speaking beyond four walls of a church building. Matter of fact, Moses didn't want to lead. He said, who am I to speak? And so Moses never led, he served God's people. He served by being a mouthpiece for God. He served. How many are willing to serve? David served where he didn't have the physical ability. He didn't have the stature. He didn't have the wits, but he served by hearing what God said and did what he knew when he was serving his father on the backside of a desert where nobody knew his name even when it came to anointing him to be a servant not a leader a servant After he was anointed, what did he do? Did he take leadership? Did he take kingship? No, he served even after being anointed king. Matter of fact, let me help somebody. A king isn't there to lead. A king is there to serve the people. Now the question is, in your serving, are you trying to get props for yourself or are you there to serve the need of what God needs you there for. No one should be in the church asking, what do I get out of it? Everybody should be in church saying, how can I serve with the capacity that God has given me to make people, to make my city, to make my state, to make where I'm around better versus I get bitter because I don't get a title. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on with your Bible. Come on. If you got it, bring it. And I'll show you every time that the Bible biblically is centered on serving. Even the disciples came to Jesus and asked the question, who could sit on your right or who could sit on your left? And Jesus himself said, that ain't something I am to even give you. If anything be the least Jesus, how he judged nations, how he is going to judge the world, how he's going to judge a nation is based on Matthew 25 when he said, when I was hungry, did you give me food? When I was thirsty, did you give me drink? When I was in prison, did you come after me? When I was naked and hungry, did you see after me? For if you've done it for the least of those, that's how you do it me oh I'm busting this wide open cause time out for all the apostles and prophets and prophetess and, and master classes and paying for prayer and you gotta 
The devil is a liar. Stop prostituting God's church. It's becoming a den of thieves and robbers. For how in the world can the church be comfortable with dancing and shouting and screaming and hollering and Sunday in and Sunday out knowing that there's 800 people a day just in the U.S. alone that are dying where poverty is the fourth leading cause of death before homicide, before gun violence, before diabetes, before obesity. There's 140 million people poor and low income. Food stamps have been taken uh, from families where uh, food insecurity is on the rise. Healthcare is being taken where inadequacies of inadequate healthcare on the rise. And you mean to tell me you can prophesy what? 250,000 people are dying every year due to poverty and inequality. What am I saying? There are so many opportunities, church to serve, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you, Jamie. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I gotta preach it the way God is telling me. Cause even I, am being convicted. How much more can I do? What more can I say? How can I get involved? Where can I get involved? How can my voice be a, I don't wanna preach in church. I wanna preach in, in the highways and byways and not to who I have already judged in my mind, gangbangers, prostitute, drug dealers, uh-uh. See, God has those covered because God covers those that are afflicted. He will deliver. But what about systems? What about speaking up for those who are being misaligned and for, for the students who are going in school and coming out in debt? Some are dropping out of school having more debt in the African-American culture alone, they say that the stats are like 42%, where those in that culture alone, when they graduate, have the highest percentage of student loans that they cannot pay back because they can't get a job that could adequately pay the loan and keep them covered. That's a sin and a travesty. Who is prophesying over that? I gotta go. I hope you're getting something. But I'm tearing structure down. Woe unto the church who will take money. Billions of dollars a year is gross in a church. And why don't we see it in our neighborhoods? Why don't we see it within educational systems that are failing? Healthcare systems that are failing. Could it be that the church could be a system that could be a light to the world? 
but we're arguing, we're fussing, we're fighting, we're gossiping. We looking for titles. We want to be the next prophet. What the Lord told me. I don't want to hear another thing of what the Lord has said when a lot of it is based out of your own trauma that now you have come to, to a, a, a mindset, a psychological mindset of what you think God is saying. Not everything you pray needs to be told. Some things you pray, and, and Frederick Douglass says, then you put feet to it. Frederick Douglass said, after praying, nothing happened until I begin to walk and put action to it. Let's see your actions, Samaritan, versus your title, priest and Levi. Oh, I know this is rough, and maybe this ain't for you. Maybe it's for somebody else, but I'm going to tell it because there are too many leaders in the church and not many servants. Could it be that our titles are giving more props than the anointing that's over a young person, over a life who is on the backside of a desert who you least would expect can do what God can do the miraculous in? I'm praying, Lord, bring that harvest. Bring that harvest. A harvest where we'll have servants going out into the fields. As he said, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. I am praying for the Lord of the harvest to bring forth servants who are willing to labor in a field and not on a stage or a platform. Thank you, Jamie, for that word. Woo! I'm getting encouraged. Let me say this as I get ready to close. A man was driving, switch it up. A man was driving his car, and when he saw an old lady, the story goes, stranded on the side of the road, he saw that she needed help. So he stopped his Pontiac near her Mercedes and got out. And he smiled. And while he was approaching her, she began to get worried. Y'all know how some folks could get worried and start clenching their pocketbooks and, you know, start looking at you as maybe the enemy when the real thing was she should have been open because somebody was willing to serve. But nobody had stopped for hours. Moreover, He did not look to see if it was safe. And his appearance was poor and shabby. I mean, he was just driving, but he saw this woman who was frightened. So he tried to calm her down by saying, I'm here. I'm here to help you. Don't worry. I'm, I'm here to help you. My name is Brian Anderson. I'm, I'm here to help you. My, my name is Harry Tubman. My name is... Frederick Douglass, my name is Martin Luther King, my name is my name is the tire was flat so this servant had to crawl under the car see this is what true Christianity looks like this is what true lover of God looks like. This is what a disciple 
looks like. This is what one who will do the work of ministry looks like. This is what, not a title, not a pulpit, not a mic, looks like late at night, looking shabby, judged, looking as if wherever you've come from. But he got up under the car. And while changing the tire, he got dirty. Your hands will get dirty doing ministry. Your hands will get dirty serving. Your, 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 you won't look like what sometimes even the Bible says you should look like. His hands started hurting, but he did it. He served anyway. When the job was done, she asked him, how much should I give you? How much should, you know, how much do I give? See, true ministry is when you serve, it will come. So many people say to me, well, Pastor Carl, you don't ask for money. You don't, you're not, you're not looking for something of this broadcast. You're not, no, I've come to serve somebody around the world who might need a clarity, who may need an understanding, who might need an inspiration, who may need motivation, who may need the Holy Spirit through what I'm saying, come in and transform their mind, their hearts, this money can't pay for my service unto the Lord. And so he said, no, he said, matter of fact, do me a favor. What I do, how you could pay me back, you can give it to somebody else who is in need of assistance. That's how the Holy work, Spirit works. The Holy Spirit uses you to help somebody who's in need of assistance. Holy Spirit ain't there for you to shout and scream and holler and fall and prophesy. That ain't the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't there for you to just, uh, you know, act out your giftings. That ain't the Holy Spirit. That's your gifts. The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you, will instruct you to where you're in need of assistance. Didn't Martha Luke, Martin Luther King show us that? Didn't Rosa Parks show us that? Didn't Malcolm X show us that? Didn't Marcus Garvey show us that? Didn't just this week with what happened in Alabama show us that. And matter of fact, as all these unjust laws and racist and bias and things that are going on, doesn't it show us that? Who is going to assist Hawaii? What church? What believer? Who's going to assist? Who's going to be used by the Holy Spirit to assist a people now that's been devastated? Not just in prayer, but by serving. Not just who prophesied that. That's who, how we need prophecy to prophesy. There's going to be something going on and get out of harm's way. I don't hear that. Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm getting into somebody's business. Let me move on. So he said, bless somebody and think of me as you do that. That's how you can be a blessing back to me. 
So the same evening, the lady stopped by a small cafe. The place looked dingy. However, she saw a waitress, and this waitress was about eight months pregnant. Wiping her wet hair with the towel, the waitress had a sweet, friendly smile. Y'all know some of those folks who don't look the part, and you kind of have to question yourself like, why am I eating here? Just, you know, because if, if they're looking like this, then what could be behind? Oh, y'all been there, done that. I know I have judged, labeled. Instead of saying, could I be here for an opportunity to serve? I start judging, I start labeling, I start, and I miss the opportunity that God's trying to do through me, what God's trying to get to me, cause I didn't judge, I didn't gossip, I didn't made a prejudgment. Oh, y'all know that that's the church. And this pregnant woman who is on her feet, had to do what she had to do just to try to make ends meet. Spent her whole day working. And the lady had wondered how someone who has so little can be so kind and given to a stranger. Then she remembered who helped her. And when the lady had finished her meal, mind you, she was riding in a Mercedes, and had paid with a hundred dollar bill the waitress went to get change and when she came back the lady was gone nowhere in sight but she went back to the table and to clean up and was wondering where did this lady go to give her her change but she saw on the table there was a note that was left on the napkin And it said, you don't owe me anything. For somebody once helped me. And just like now, I want to help you. Woo. And the waitress was struck. Because she didn't know the struggle. She didn't know how lights at home were not on and she didn't realize the things behind the scene of what this woman who was eight months pregnant was trying was going through in her own personal life she didn't know that the woman had prayed lord i need help and so she went to work thinking that that was the help that god was doing she did the best she could with what she had and so she started cleaning the table and was just happy with the little that the woman had left. The little that could bless her even though it was little for the woman, but it was much for this waitress. And so she's cleaning the table and after she read what was on the napkin, the waitress then lifted up the napkin to try to throw it away and found four more $100 bills under the napkin. Woo. That night, oh, could you imagine? That night, the waitress came home early. She didn't have to work as hard. Prayer was answered. Somebody, God brought her way to help to serve 
It wasn't a platform. It wasn't a prophetic word. It wasn't anything deep. It wasn't anything profound. Just by the look. Just by seeing the circumstance. Just by seeing the need in a neighborhood, in a school, in a community. Just by being an assistant of the Holy Spirit. She left that money and when the woman got home, her husband said, how was work today? How did it go? And the woman said, you would never believe what happened. That when I was serving this woman, she left and wrote because somebody helped me. I wanna help somebody else, which is you. And she left $400 and did not know what we was going through. Woo! She knew that her husband was worried about how it ends with me. She knew that her husband was doing all this to try to make, so she was there just to try to support her husband. Pregnant, but tried to do her best. Pregnant, but was there. So they was shocked how someone would serve like that. But they went to bed a little lighter. They went to bed a little bit more easier. They went to bed thanking God. They went to bed feeling fulfilled. They went to bed feeling whole. They went to bed feeling as if a need was met. They went to bed that much closer to God, even though they never knew how God, they didn't go to a church. They didn't, they didn't even, Pay anything tied, ain't do nothing. But God was closer to them than they had ever felt before. And so instead of arguing about the bills, instead of feeling like uh, they did worried and, and concerned and, and feeling a little like overwhelmed, she kissed her husband and whispered and said, Honey, now I believe everything's gonna be all right. She said, I love you. Brian Anderson, the same man who helped the woman did not know in turn that that woman was gonna help her, his wife, that when she got home to tell the story of how her husband, unbeknownst to her, served, it came right back and served his family. Somebody I'd rather serve than try to have a title. I'd rather serve than get accolades. I'd rather serve than try to be a witchcraft over a pulpit. I'd rather serve than try to mandate something that's not in somebody's heart. I'd rather serve than try to be liked by everybody. I'd rather serve than get all the accolades and preach preacher and all of the props. I'd rather serve and know that what I'm doing is creating legacy, is transforming, is bringing a difference, is bringing hope. That's what the church is all about. Could it be that the church is in crisis because we have forgotten the mission, the vision of what the church ought to be doing. Serve, serve, serve.
said most people are looking for happiness in all the wrong places if you serve it will create a joy like you've never experienced before someone else said unselfishly serving others will bring meaning to your life so many people are looking for purpose so many people are looking for to be the entrepreneur, to be this, to be that, to be successful. You want to be truly successful? Then serve others. Because unselfishly serving others will leave a legacy. And look at how a legacy of Brenda Henry has taken hold and life changed all because she was unselfishly willing to serve maybe this is what can help the church out of crisis in closing <laughs> in closing now for those who came to get your shout on for those who came just to give god a thunderous praise and a shout then let me and if you say well pastor carl you didn't preach i've already preached I hope you got son, but let me leave you with this because when you get challenged to serve, you gonna have all hell against you. The devil gets nervous. Demons get nervous. Preacher cord, things get nervous. Uh, folks get nervous. Oh, but I'm here in closing. I'm gonna do it like this and then produce something gonna go into a praise break because I know some have served and you've been mistreated, you've been abused, you've been misused, you've been lied on, you've been talked about. Don't let nobody take advantage of your servant. Don't you let nobody demean you because you got the right ability to do what God has said. But know that there is a word in heaven. Know that there's a word that's going to go in heaven that will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Know that what you're doing, folks may not pat you on the back, 
You ain't gonna get props by the one you serve. You'll never get the accolades. Matter of fact, when you serve, they ain't gonna say nothing. When you serve, you may have haters. When you serve, you ain't gonna have the support. When you serve, folks will not even say anything about what you're doing. It ain't about them, it's about you just doing what God is saying. So, let me say, cause I got to go. Somebody said, when a flashlight, bring it down for me, grows dim or quits working, do you just throw it away? When it goes dim or when it quits? No, 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 of course not. We're talking about a flashlight. We're talking about something that sometimes might go dim in somebody's life. And today, I believe I'm talking to somebody around the world whose flashlight went dim. Grab me a flashlight right quick. I, I feel an anointment on this. Because your flashlight up in the top of the cupboard, see that's how we doing our studio. A flashlight is only good as it's light. But a flashlight doesn't stop being a flashlight just because it might get dim. A flashlight doesn't stop being a flashlight just because you may not see the light. A flashlight, if you can't see it, come on back. A flashlight does not stop being a flashlight just because it may not have enough power. However, it may go dim, it might quit working. I asked you the question, do you just throw it away? Come on and preach with me. Do you just throw it away? I'm looking for a comment. I'm looking for a perspective, producer. Do you just throw it away? Of course not. You don't just throw this flashlight away and say there's no use. As a servant, what you do is you open it up and you take and change the battery that's in the flashlight. So I'm here to tell somebody that I see your flashlight of serving church has gone dim. And so I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to remind you. I'm here to let you know what your focus gotta be. I'm here to let you know it ain't about you. I'm here to let you know stop arguing and gossiping about what it ain't and be reminded of what it is. I'm good. Be reminded of what it is. Be reminded of who created it. Be reminded of what you got. Be reminded that the light is not for four walls in a building. Be reminded that you didn't come into a building for everybody to show light. A light is for where there is darkness. Now I've been told that the church should not be in darkness. So why, oh my God, come on Holy Spirit. Why would I bring my light to a place where there's light, church? Why are we going to conferences after conference? Why are we going to church Sunday in and Sunday out for light? We are light. I don't need more light. 
there's enough light. If my light that has been created to do will go to places where there's darkness. The problem is in darkness. The problem, somebody said, is the absence of light. The problem is that there is no light where there should be. There's no light that will change situations. No light that will change structures. No light that will change circumstances. But the Bible says you are the light. <laughs> you are the light. So if your light is dim, then somebody who said it, put it on there and preach with me. Change the battery. Diane, you preaching with me. What's the battery? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the presence of God. It's the peace of God. It's the reminder of who you are. Change the battery. Recharge. That's it, Lisa. Reinvigorate. Renew your strength. Though you may get weary, you're going to mount up. The Bible says, renew, revive again, relive again, do it again. Somebody, come on, Stacy, get your flashlight. There's a dark world out there. There's a dark world in Cambridge. There's a dark world in the system. There's darkness all around. And the demons are trying to keep you back. But shine the light. And if you shine it, it exposes. Oh. It'll expose. It'll cause you to exterminate. It'll cause you to extrapolate. It'll cause you to eradicate some of the darkness. Oh, I got to stop. But, whew, come on, somebody. When a person messes up or finds themselves in a dark place, do you cast them out? Absolutely not. But what do you do? You help them change, change, change their battery. And if you change their batteries, some may need doubling, attention, and affection. Somebody else said some may need trip away. <laughs> Which is attention, affection, and acceptance. Somebody else said they may need a C battery for compassion, church. Then somebody else said they may need a D battery for direction. So well, whether it's double A, which is attention and affection, whether it's triple A, which is attention, affection, and acceptance whether it's c compassion or whether it's d direction it does not matter if you are there to serve you help somebody's light to shine i've gotta go but this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine 
Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. I'm tired of so many leaders trying to have a title but don't have an anointing. But few accord, few accord. No, 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 no. Many accord, but few are chosen. I want to thank God that you are the chosen one in times of a church crisis. We'll see you next week right here at Life Change. Show some love. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.